Amen, amen. Come on, give it up for the Lord. He is good this morning. Come on, I just want to do something different. Let's just lift our hands. Father, we receive from you this morning. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, because you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, Father. We glorify your name. We rejoice in you this morning, Lord. Your people are glad to be in the house of the Lord this morning, Father. We are just ecstatic to hear from you. Holy Spirit, use me this morning, Father, that the eyes will be open, that ears will be open to hear your word, Father. We receive it truly on good ground, Father. We exalt your name. We rejoice in you. We glorify you, Father. We lift you up. Come on, help me out. We lift you up, Lord, because you are worthy to be praised, our King. There is none like you, Jesus. We thank you for it, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo, glory. Oh. <laughs> Woo. You got to excuse me, but I was on vacation. So I am fired up, okay? <laughs> and that's how, as believers, we should wake up like that every morning moment you get out of bed thank you jesus it's gonna be a good day father i glorify you lord i thank you jesus i run around come on <laughs> you're looking at me strange but that's okay i make no excuses for the joy of the lord in my life i'm, I'm actually i got my tissues i'm a little mushy today some of you that are on my Facebook page, you see, right, we went on vacation, went to um, Pastor Jose's sister's wedding. It was beautiful. My daughter got engaged in July, and my son got engaged last night. Wow. <laughs> Woo! So I am rejoicing with them, but I'm like, whoa, do you have to do things back to back? Can you give me? They're like, well, you got a six months break. I'm like, what? Because one is planning to get married in April and one is getting married in October of next year, not 2019. <laughs> so I need all your help, okay? <laughs> you are my family as well, and we want to share the good news. And I share that because I, I'm, I'm, I'm an, a proud mom. I'm an ecstatic mom. I, I, you know, I, I see God's hand on my children's life. They're here with us in ministry, though my son is going to be leaving next week to um, college and, and finish his last semester. But my kids have been part of this. Um, from, my, from the womb, I prayed over them. I laid hands. I believe God for the best for them, that they will serve in the ministry with us. And we want to be examples for you. And that's the same thing for your children. Don't ever give up, mom and dad. Don't ever give up on them. Don't, no matter what it looks like, if they look like, like an alien abducted them and you're like, who is this child? You proclaim that is God's child. That is the child that God has given me. And as for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. Amen. That's right. So I am excited to share that news with you. And, and, and just to share what God, you know, we, we've been talking about investments and making life investments. And as pastor was preaching a couple of weeks ago, I was in the office upstairs and, and it just hit me. I was like, the greatest investment ever made was the investment that God made in you. That's the greatest out of any investment that we can think that we make. Because, you know, we're all making investments, whether, you know, where we're, we're, we're something good, something bad, people, places, things, whatever it is. We all day, every day, we're making investments into something. And the greatest investment is God in you. But so many people forget that. And they just walk around life not, not understanding the benefits, not understanding what Christ has done. And then religion also tears people down. 
It also, that's why I hate religion. I love Jesus. I love relationship. I don't like religion. And I, and I can say that boldly and confidently. I don't like it because what it does is it tears people down. It tears people away. It, you know, there's people posting on Facebook pages and things. Oh, God put this on me. God is doing this to me because God needs another soldier in heaven. <laughs> really? Really? Let, let's talk about that. I have a scripture that's going to dispel all the lies. I'm believing today that if you came here with anything, anything going on in your life, anything that's happening, any area in your life that you still are unsure, that today you will have the answers that you need in the word and through the word. Amen? Amen. So let's go to Isaiah 53, because that's a, a great long, we're going to read the whole thing, and then I'm going to break it down for you um, piece by piece as we go and dig in God's word for his answer. Come on, all the answers that you need for your life are in God's word. You can go to somebody. See, you can talk to somebody, but honestly, the answers, I don't go to anyone, and this is not putting anybody down, but if you don't know the word, then I really, I, I, I don't go, I won't go to that person, because you can't speak anything, anything into my life, because God's word has to be the authority. See, it is the authority in my life. It is the final authority. So whenever something's going on or something this is, comes up, first thing I do is stop, pray, go to God's word. What does God's word have to say about this? So this is what Isaiah 53 says. It says, you can follow me on your, on your um, phones, on your Bibles, on the screen. It says, who has believed our message? To whom has the Lord revealed his powerful arm? How many of you know God is powerful? My servant grew up in the Lord's presence like a tender green shoot, like a root in a dry ground. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance, nothing to attract us to him. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. And many are still doing that today, okay? He was despised and we did not care. Yet it was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrow that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we can be whole. He was whipped so we can be healed. All of us, like sheep, have strayed away. We have left God's path to follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. He was oppressed and treated harshly. Yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. Unjustly condemned, he was led away. No one cared that he died without descendants, that his life was cut short in midstream. But he was struck down for the rebellion of my people. He had done no wrong. He had never deceived anyone. But he was bruised like a criminal. He was put in a rich man's grave. But it was the Lord's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet, when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. He will enjoy a long life, and the Lord's good plan will prosper in his hands. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. And because of, this is, of his experience, my righteous servant will make it possible for many to be counted righteous. For he will bear all their sins. I will give him the honors of a victorious soldier because he exposed himself to death. He was counted among the rebels. He bore the sins of many and interceded for the rebels. Amen. Amen. The Bible says in Hosea 4, 6, that my people are destroyed for a lack of? Knowledge. It's right there. The open book test right there. Knowledge. Knowledge is the one thing that we need in God's word to dispel all the lies, right? Do you know how, that there are still many believers dying today sick, broke, angry, upset, with, with diseases and all these things upon them because they never took the time to look into and find out the investment that God made in them. See, we have an enemy. Everybody knows that? 
right? We have an enemy. He doesn't want you to know the truth. His one job is very simple, to keep you ignorant and keep you believing a lie. Let's think about Adam and Eve. Before the fall, they walked with God. They talked with God. There was nothing they needed. There was nothing broken. Everything, listen, th- that when we sang that song, gee, like he was, God was enough. He was all in all. And sometimes now in these days, you know, God, you're enough, but I have to add this to that. I add this, and, and that's not the way it should be. We have to go back to the way just like Adam and Eve. See, one day we was in, um, in a connect group here, and we were studying um, we were studying one of the, the, the chapters, and the Holy Spirit just spoke into my heart, and he said, you are only ever supposed to know truth. Now, let's think about that. Let's go back to Adam and Eve in the beginning. They only knew truth. They only knew good. They only knew wholeness. They only knew provision. That's all they ever knew. And we were supposed to do the same, but here comes the enemy in the fall, and he changes things, right? The lie was believed. Now, I, I like, I have this little book that's called Kids Talk About God, and it talks about what happened in the garden. So they asked this question to about five or six little kids, ages like seven through eight years old. And it says, in the Garden of Eden, why did the devil tempt Eve instead of Adam? So these are little kids' answers. They said, uh, because Satan is a boy and boys don't like girls. That's a little kid's answer, right? <laughs> he said, Eve was just walking around and I think Adam was busy, right? It said, Eve was more sensitive than Adam. <laughs> um, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Eve forgot they weren't supposed to eat that tree, and then Adam forgot. And it said Eve, Eve hadn't lived there as long as Adam, right? So this is little kids, but I read that, and there's some truth to this. Now you laugh, but let's think about this. Here's the enemy. Go to John 10.10. 10. Let me tell you what he does. And you guys know, you should know this scripture. If you don't know it, learn it, know it. And whenever you hear something, measure it up against this. It says the thief does not come except to what? steal and to kill and to destroy now who he's trying to kill who he's trying to destroy who he's trying to steal from you and me right so in reading that and in reading these answers that the little kids the little kids wrote you know when you look at what he tried to kill steal, and destroy when it says eve was more sensitive than adam sometimes we walk around in our emotions we walk around with our feelings. We just sang a song. Doesn't matter what I feel. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what I see. My hope will always be. But then let that one thing happen. You're all up in your emotions. You become sensitive. You come, oh, you know, so we forget. Nothing is that we forget. We forget who we are in Christ. The, the, you know, that word busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Busy, busy, busy. Oh, man, does the enemy love for you to be busy? Because if you're so busy with everything else in the world and you're not busy in the things of God, it's so easy to distract you. It's easy to forget things. It's easy to take the word and be, oh, you, and you just forget. And sometimes even, you know, we go on vacation like we did. But when you're on vacation, doesn't mean you take a vacation from God. Because no matter where, he's there with you. No matter where you go. Let me just tell you that. I used to tell this to my teens. My teens are in here right now. I say, yeah, when you go to the bathroom, God is there. They're like, Ew! I'm like, it's true. Where is he going to go? Oh, excuse me. I'm going to go. He's there with you. When you're watching that TV show, he's there. When you're on that computer, he's there. When you're on your job, he's there. He's there everywhere you go. Um, she was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Sometimes we're in the wrong place in the wrong time with the wrong people. We got to be careful. Sometimes we let the wrong people in. There's nothing. Listen, we love God. Love God, love people. I love some people from a distance. <laughs> Right? I don't let everybody just in, right? We trust the Lord. So 
And looking at this, you see some troops there. And if you go to John 8, 44, this is, his, this is what the enemy's MO, if I could say, his role, what, what, he, what he likes to do, his characteristics. I mean, I hate him. He's a liar and a deceiver. But he says, you are the father of the, uh, you, you are of your father, the devil. And the desires of your father you want to do. He is a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources. Come on, write that down. Highlight that for yourself. For he is a liar and the father of it. Look, his only resource is lies. His only thing that he draws from, he doesn't draw from truth. He doesn't draw from good things. He draws from, I want to kill, steal, and destroy you. I want to steal what God has placed in you. I want to take your peace. I want to take your self-control. See, it is already yours because he's already done it. You see, we're not teaching you here that you have to come begging God. And, and honestly, sometimes some prayers that people do are incorrect. Asking God to do things, things that he's already done. He's already accomplished it. And you're wondering sometimes why you're not getting the, 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 the manifestation of it. Maybe it's just you need to change the way you're speaking, the way you're, you're praying. Father, I thank you. There's hardly anything that I ask God for. I'm be really honest with you. I just walk with him. I thank him. I, I'm, like, I'm like Adam and Eve. I'm walking with God. Listen, when we were on the beach in Daytona, the water was like 76 degrees. The sun, don't get jealous. It was sunny. It was awesome. We were there. Listen, this is four years of no vacation, okay? So I was like, oh. so we're laying out, and I'm sitting there. I felt, we felt like we had the beach all to ourselves, and I'm basking in the presence of the Lord in his goodness. How can you see this creation that he made it for our good pleasure and not even, I mean, think that there's not a God. There's a God, the beauty that he provided for us. He is good. He is good. He is good. Come on, he is good. But the thief is not. See, the thief wants to kill, steal, and destroy he wants you to remember the old things. He wants you to remember not the benefits and the good things. He wants to keep you stuck in that rut. He wants to keep you stuck in thinking the lack, the I don't have this, I'm not where I want to be, this is happening to me. This is, no, 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 we got to change that thinking. So let's break down Isaiah 53. You ready? Woo! Oh, man, I'm excited. If I run around, just run around with me, okay? All right. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. That's Isaiah 53.3. This is the great exchange that happened. I want to point you to something. So many people are pointing you, again, like I was saying, to the past. You know, like your friends and those family members are really good to point you. Remember when you did that? Remember that time? Remember when you was a hot mess? They love to have you remember. Come on, I'm going to get a witness, right? And this is what Christ said, and this is what he did. He exchanged what we were and what we did with what he is and who he is. And he exchanged, it says, he was despised. He was rejected. He was a man of sorrows. You could put that up. And this was what he took on. And then in turn, this is, I want you guys to get this and understand. I want you to leave with understanding today, understanding that there was an exchange that really, truly happened on the inside of you. And I know some things happen on the outside, but this is what happened on the inside, and this is what you're man trying to manifest and have come out on the outside. Ready? He, he gave you love, acceptance, and joy. So many people today still dealing with hurts and pains and sufferings from the past. 
rehearsing those things spoken over them or done to them over and over, giving it power to operate in your life. The enemy is powerless unless you give him, the, if you give him that power, unless you, met, you, you, you start believing his lies. That's why I hardly watch television, especially not the news, because there is no good news in that. What is going to benefit me to listen to news about divisions, about racism, about strife, about anger? About what, what does it benefit me? It benefits me nothing. Because my job as a believer, ready? Write this down. This is going to revolutionize your life. You're going to leave here sore. You're going to be like, wow, heavy, revy. Your job as a believer is to believe. That's it. What? I don't have to do X, Y. No, your job is to believe. Believe what? Believe God's word. I can't go around believing what I see. See, that world out there, they need Christ. And if I'm all sucked up and messed up and all into the drama and the nonsense, how am I going to be a billboard for God that says, no, there's another way? And you and I are just the same. I'm not different just because I'm a pastor, because I've been called to, this min- to the ministry. doesn't mean anything. What it means is I made a decision. It's no longer my life. It's Christ. It's Christ that lives in me. And my job and my role as a believer is to believe. My job is to take this word that says, ready, Isaiah 54, 17 says this, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue which rises up against me in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the saints of the Lord, and their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. Remember who you're really fighting. When you feel despised, when you feel rejected by man, when you feel um, grief and sorrow, remember who is the real enemy. This is what we have to teach those that are out there that are fighting each other. The enemy wants nothing more than for you and me to be fighting against each other. He wants nothing more than there to be division and strife between us. Last time I checked, a believer, God said in his word, love God, love people. To me, it does not matter your shape, your size, your color, your ethnic background. It doesn't matter to me. If you are in Christ, you are my brother and sister in the Lord. The same DNA that runs that Christ's blood runs in me, runs in you, and we are one in Christ. It does not matter to me. It does not matter to me. And when people come with that to me, this is my opinion. When they say, oh, what's your opinion? Love God, love people. I have no opinion other than that. But, but what do you feel about uh, love God, love people? But what do you think? Love God, love people. That's all I can think because the word is my final authority. I'm not going to get up, um, entangled with the nonsense of the world. See, because when there was an exchange, there was an exchange of systems. You're no longer operating in that same system. And you have to renew your mind to that. I know some of you look at me strange. This made me radical. I'm radical. I'm radical. Someone has to take a stand. Someone has to believe. Someone has to say, no, let me, sweetheart, come here. Let me show you differently. This is a bunch of just nonsense. What is, what is that? The enemy. Despised, rejected, grief, and now you're loved. You're accepted. There is joy. I love the word that says there's joy unspeakable. My God, I, walk, I wake up in the day, and, and listen, not every day do I wake up like, yeah. Because sometimes I'd be like, no, right? <laughs> but I wake up in the morning, and the first thing, I, I, I've, I've trained myself, for lack of a better word. And maybe sometimes you need to train yourself. I wake up, Father, I thank you for this day. 
The first thing, I thank you, Lord. I think of Adam and Eve, man, when they walked with him. What would they weren't asking him for anything because they had everything? So they thanked them. Imagine them. Man, Lord, we had a new experience. That waterfall, that, that new animal. I mean, think about the things that they thanked him. And he walked with them and talked with them. That's the relationship that God wants with you and I. So when, that, when those thoughts come, remember, as a believer, you need to dispel the lie. I am not despised. Though they reject me, you know what I say? You're not rejecting me, you're rejecting Christ. When I walk and, and I go I go different places, I talk to everybody. I used to say this to my mom. Oh, when I go to places, I'm not going to be like you. You talk to everybody. I'm just like my mother. I talk to everybody. <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> How's everything? And, and I talk to them and I share the gospel with my life. We're billboards, okay? Let's go to Isaiah 53.4. It was our weaknesses he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. His sacrifice, what he took upon himself, was our weaknesses. And let's think about that. In this room, we could think about our weaknesses, but when you really look up that word, um, and you really see what that word is meaning, it means anxiety, disease, sickness. Come on, when you're, when you're hurting in your body, when, and then when it says about sorrows, it's talking about pain, mental, and physical. Doesn't that weigh you down? Come on, when there's weaknesses, it weighs you down. Come on, you guys know if, if somebody has like a little a cold or a fever or anything, oh, you're already laying up in bed, I'm not feeling good, right? And you don't, What was the exchange here? Weakness for his strength. Everybody say his strength. You know, when anxiety comes, his strength. When sickness tries to come, his strength. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 11 says this. I love this scripture. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. Woo! My strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Man, Paul was radical. I, he's my favorite in the Bible. Because I feel like I'm like Paul, I'm like radical. Like, yeah, this, infirm, this, this headache, you got to go in the name of Jesus. And, and something as silly as a headache, you don't pray. Ay, where's the Tylenol? I need the Tylenol. Ay, where's the Advil, Right? Let's say I, as I was going over my notes and I was preparing, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I started getting a headache. Out of nowhere. Like, well, I'm not hungry. I don't know what's going on. And I'm reading this, and I'm going, wait a minute. What? No, 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 no. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over this headache right now. Get out right now. You got to go. You're not mine. God did not give me that. And instantly, as soon as it came, it left. Amen. I was like, well, thank you, Jesus, right? There, here we see the power of the exchange that took place. An opportunity for Christ to show up and show out. Listen, I know when, when there's different things that come on people, there's different sickness, mental torture, pain, people suffering, and I don't take that lightly, and I'm not saying that I'm dismissing that. What I'm saying is take the God's word, take the gospel, drink that every day, eat that every day, chew on that daily, and you will see things change in your life. God's already done it for you. He's already set you free. So he's, he, took your, he took your weaknesses and he's given us strength. Can I say something? Somebody needs to hear this. You are stronger than you think. You have not given yourself credit. You've been walking around. Oh, I'm not as strong. I can't do that. Who says you can't? Who told you you couldn't? 
Who says that you will never amount to anything? Who said that it can't happen for you? Who said that lie to you? It may not happen the way you want. It may not happen when you want, but trust God. He is faithful, and his word is yea and amen. And if he said it in his word, it is yours. It is yours. Listen, we don't just speak about promises just to say, oh, God's promises. Oh, this is real. This is real life. You really need to understand and hear this. My young people, I know that you guys are going back to school soon. Sorry, I know. In the, in the, in the South, they already went back to school, so you guys got a couple of weeks, right? You guys are going back to school. You're going to face some things. College students, you're going to face some things. You're going to face things that, that, that challenge your beliefs, that challenge you. What are you going to do in the, in the face of that? Are you just going to bow down? Or are you going to say, I am strong in Christ. I can do this. I can do this. I can face this. Isaiah 53.5 says this, but he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. His sacrifice was our sins and transgressions. And the exchange was forgiveness from guilt. Now let's think about that. And I just want to say this again and reiterate this. God is not punishing you. God is not punishing you. People go around, oh, God is putting this around on me. God is doing this to, to build my character. Yeah. Can I ask you guys a question? How many of you are parents? Any, any parents here? Anybody? Aunts, uncles, cousins, sister, brother, right? Would you take sickness and take it out of a package and say, here you go, I'm going to put this on you. Because I want to prove and I want to see that I, I love you and you love me and I want you to deal with this. And if you deal with this, and you, then, you, we, then we are love. We, does that make sense? Would you do that to your own child? Would you put that on I want to take my two children that I love and say, oh, here Karina, here Josh. In the backyard, I want you to go run around because there's a really hungry bear and a really hungry, you know, and I want you to run around out there, and if you make it out because I want to test you, then you're good, then we're good. Nobody does that in their right mind. So then why do we think that God would do that to us? Why do we have that mentality in the thinking that God's going to punish you with sickness? Because he wants to prove something to you? What does God have to prove? He is sitting on the right hand. God, Jesus is sitting there saying, it is finished. I love you. I took this on for you. When we were youth pastors and, you know, Pastor Jose and I, we're radical. Just, just, just leave it like that. We are, we're crazy with Jesus, right? And, and we did this whole skit with these kids, with these teens. And the skit, it was a concert that we did, and we had teens come in, and on the stage, we did like um, a, a battle, a dance battle. So they're standing in the crowd like you, and the skit is going on, but they don't know this is a skit. And so they're in it, and they're dancing, they're looking at it, everybody's break dancing, and everything. And all of a sudden, the lights go out, and pop, pop, you hear two shots, and they start screaming, oh my God, they think something's going on. So you got to give them that effect because, you know, teenagers, you guys are radical. Like, you need, right? So they were there, and, and all of a sudden, the crowd starts running on the stage. Now, these are all my actors, and there's one kid. Lights go back on. There's one kid left with a gun in his hand. And he's there, and all his friends leave, except there was one standing on the side with a hoodie. And what that, who that person was, what we were portraying was, that was Jesus. And Jesus comes and takes the hoodie off, and the sirens are going off, and we had the lights going off and the sirens, and he says, give me the gun. 
And the kid is like, but, but, but I, 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 he says, give me the gun. Not guilty. Not guilty. Give me the gun. I will take this for you. And he comes and he puts the gun. And he tells the kid, go. You free. And the kid runs. And now the police come and all the lights go out. And the teen stood there silent. And you, hear start, you start hearing teenagers start crying. Because the sentence was not guilty. See, he took it. This is too radical for some people to understand. And that's why we did it that way, because we wanted them to understand that we have all in this room done things. We all may have a past. We all, maybe not to that extent, but we all are guilty. And Jesus came and exchanged that guiltiness for a not guilty plea on your behalf, on my behalf. He said, I will take that upon myself. This is what this scripture is saying. Your sin, your transgression for my, my freedom, my forgiveness for you. I hold no record of wrong against you. Do not hold it against yourself any longer. Who are we to judge any man? Who are we to judge any person? Because the same sentence that he gives us is for them as well. Maybe they're not there yet. Maybe you have a, a family member, a cousin, a brother, a mother, a father, and they're not there yet. Don't give up on them. Because this is for all. It's not just for you. But I want you to understand that today. You are not guilty. You are not guilty. I know. This is the good news. This is what they preach. This is what the disciples preach. Yet the world and religion wants to say, no, you are bad. You have to do this. You are no good for God. You can't come to God like this. We had people when we first opened up this church, a lady came and she said, I can come. Do I have to do anything before I come to your church? I said, well, not that I know of. I let me. <laughs> you have to do anything. She goes, because they told me in the other church that I had to fix myself before coming here, there. I said, fix yourself from what, honey? <laughs> I got the best fixer-upper in the world. <laughs> His name is Jesus. <laughs> I don't know about you, my love, but I, listen, if it wasn't but God's grace, who knows where I would have been. So who am I to judge? You come just like you are. And that lady came, and she came for a couple. She moved away, but she came for a couple of service. It was freedom for her. It was freedom. Who are we to judge anyone? Lest we be judged. Who are we to look at our fellow man and say, man, they're a hot mess? Then pray for them. Because guess what? One day you were there. You may not think so, but you were there. Because prior to Christ, we were in that kingdom. We were in another kingdom. He was beaten so we could be whole. Isaiah 53, 5 says, he was whipped so we can be healed. I 100,000% hate sickness. I hate it. I hate, what it. I hate what it does to people. I hate what it, what the, the, the despair that people are in when it comes to sickness. That they give, uh, they exalt and they esteem cancer and, and, and diabetes and, and, and liver and mental higher than our God. And I'm here to tell you, cancer is nothing but a name under the name of Jesus. There's nothing that God, listen, he already said it. He said he was beaten so that we can be whole. He was whipped. 
He took on our sicknesses and disease for health and wholeness. That's what you walk in. There is nothing too hard for God. The, end, the, the New King James Version says he was bruised. In other words, he was crushed. Have any of you ever seen that movie, Passion of the Christ? Uh, to me, it's like the closest, but even when you read the Bible, it makes, it, that doesn't even come into comparison of what he looked like after he took all that upon himself. When he took disease upon his body for you and me. So then if he did that for us as a believer, then we need to believe and say, okay, God, your word says that you were beating, be, beaten so I can be whole. It says sickness and disease that you were whipped so I can be healed, that I walk in your perfect healing. So then that leaves me with the conclusion that sickness and disease is not from you, God. Because if it was from him, why would he want to take it from you? If he gave it to you, why would he want to take it from you if it was from him? Come on, think about that. So it's not from him because he says, I don't want you to live that way. I want you to live free. I take that upon myself. It's time that the believer agree with his word and settle it in your heart. I am healed. Now, I know what your body may say. Some of you may listen to this. Your body talks to you sometimes. But you know why it talks to you? What's stronger, your spirit or your flesh? What's, what, what you're feeding more? Are you, feeding, are, you, are you pumped up? Are you, are you getting that word, that gospel? Or, or are you feeding into, listen, I, I told this to first service. I'll tell you guys this. Look at me strange if you want. I do this. It works for me. Hallelujah. I watch TV sometimes. I really don't like TV. Like I said, I don't watch the news. I don't think there's nothing good in it. But when I do watch TV and the commercial comes on, shingles. Take this man and you're aged. This is your, and I'm like, I don't receive that. I don't. I, that is not me. I will never have that. I change the channel. I wait for it to come on. I don't. I don't even listen to it. Now I know that's like, oh, you're like, yeah, I'm radical, because I don't want that to get into my ears, to my heart, to my mind, to be like, ooh, oh my God, I feel an itch. No. <laughs> Take this for your sleep. But then your eye pop out. Your nose will fall. You, you know what? What is that? What is that? Last time I checked, Jesus said, I make you sleep and per your, your sleep will be sweet. Amen. That's my gospel. That's all I need. That's it. I don't need that. I don't need that. Now, I'm not saying if you're on medication, I'm not saying you get off medication. I'm just telling you, take the gospel. Every day. Take the gospel. Father, I know that this is what the doctor said. But, Lord, I know that your word says that by your stripes I am here. I know that I work and I walk in prayer. And the manifestation of this, I will see because I'm a billboard for you. Amen. And then when others come, they will see. And they say, what God did? What? Oh, it's not only for me, my love. It's for you too. He loves you just the same. Amen? Amen. Man, you can be free from anything that comes against you. You just got to go to the word. Go to the word. Isaiah 53, 7 said, he was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep is silent before his shearers, he did not open his mouth. His sacrifice, what he took on, was mental turmoil and pain. And what did he give us in exchange? Peace of mind. Think about, can you imagine being under that amount of pressure? There... Man, God. Oppressed, treated harshly, 
He never said a word. And yet here we are. Someone passes you by, doesn't say hi. Oh, God, they didn't even say hi to me today. Mad because someone didn't do something for you. Upset because this one didn't call you. This one didn't invite you. This, upset at things with your husband, your wife. Things that are, are meaningless. When our God, our Father, our Christ, our Savior was oppressed and treated harshly, he didn't say a word. He took it. What they were doing to him, what they were saying about him. And he took it. So like that, when they say about you and when they talk about you and when they do to you, you stand and trust God and say, Lord, you did this for me. I stand with you. I will not be moved. And somebody, oh, but that's hard, Pastor Annette. It's only hard when you're in the flesh. When you're walking after the Spirit, let me tell you, it becomes so much easier. When you're walking after the Spirit, when you say, I am determined. Listen, I know you guys know, some of you know me well. I'm a passionate woo, woman. And let me tell you, I stand in the, in the midst of adversity sometimes, and I look at it, and let me tell you, the initial blow, it hurts. But again, I remind myself, he was oppressed. He took on that pain. He took on that mental turmoil. He gave me peace of mind. I don't have to rehearse that in my head over and over. And when that happens, because it happens, and when I catch it, I say, wait, 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 uh-uh-uh, stop right there. What are you thinking on? And why are you thinking like this? What is in the information that you're lacking in this area to dispel that lie? Come on. He never defended himself. Can I share this with you? Can you stop trying to defend yourself? Can you let him defend you? There are times where we just had to, listen, the life of a pastor, sometimes, you know, we don't share this often, but it's not easy sometimes because we deal with people. We love, we love people, but there are things that, you know, certain people that they haven't renewed their mind, and there's certain hurts, and you guys have dealt, anybody that's dealt in ministry, and sometimes they come against us. And we stand there, and I could easily, let me tell you, I could easily, I could confess, I'm a Boricua from the Bronx, I could go there. <laughs> Just saying. But I've learned that this flesh benefits me nothing. And that going there will only bring more to that situation. And the best thing for me to do sometimes is just to be quiet. Because my defender and my God sits on the throne. He will defend me. Put that up, 2 Corinthians. This is my scripture right here, 2 Corinthians. It said, we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, right, but not in despair. Keep going. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Man, when those things come, <laughs> you know you want to say something, you want, there's been an exchange. Now, I'm not saying be a doormat. Do what the situation calls for. What I'm saying is the exchange, let him free you from that mental torture, from the pain, from trying to please others. Some, there's some of you in here, the Holy Spirit just showed me that. Some of you here are people pleasers. Don't be people pleasers, be God pleasers. 
be God pleasers. He's pleased with you. You don't have to measure up to anybody because God says you're good just the way you are. I will work on the inside of you. I will turn that around if you go into my word and renew your mind with my word. I will do that thing in you. Stop trying to please others that, can I tell you something, <laughs> will never be pleased. I learned that a long time ago. Try to please this person, but this person is offended. And you try to please, oh my God, no, okay, so now let me go please you, because, but now you're offended, and, and you never witness like a ping pong. Bing, bing, bing. You're not a ping pong. You're a child of the most high God. You are seated in heavenly places with the Father. You are a royal priesthood. Some of you are looking at me, and I, I just sense from the Holy Spirit that you're not believing this. And I'm telling you, your job is to believe what the Word of God says. My teens, I always encourage them. Don't let anyone speak about you. Don't let them, anyone tell you you can't. I don't know about you, but when somebody tells me I can't, it just roars something in me. And I'm like, okay, watch me. Watch me. Watch me. Life investments, the greatest investment. He's given you peace that surpasses all understanding. Sometimes I don't understand how I could stand. When we were at the beach, I don't know if I shared this already, but I'll share it again. The pastor and I were jumping around, having fun in the water. This was in um, South Carolina, Myrtle Beach. Yeah, we traveled everywhere, guys. We had a great time. <laughs> and we're there, and we're jumping, and we're playing. And I'm, like, trying to get his attention because a wave was coming. <laughs> and the wave came, and I'm like, honey! And he turned around, like, small motion. Pat! It slapped him. I said, ay, Dios mío, I'm going to have to go out there and <laughs> rescue my husband. He goes, whoa, that slapped me. I said, I heard it. It was like, what? I said, oh. And it reminded me. That's how life is sometimes. You're just bouncing around, enjoying. And whap, that thing comes, and the enemy comes. He tries to knock you off your feet. And that's when you got to hunker down. Say, I'm crushed, but I'm not. I mean, this may come at me, but I'm not crushed. Come on. I'm not in despair. I'm persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. When I've done all to stand, I'm going to stand some more, Lord. This is not going to destroy me, Father. I don't care if it's with tears in your eyes, mocos, it doesn't matter. This is not going to crush me, God. Because you said, you took this on for me, Lord. You are my strength. You are my, my, you take my weaknesses, God. I will not be in despair. This too shall pass, Lord. This too shall pass. And someone needs to hear that this morning. This too shall pass. Don't let the enemy tell you you'll be in this forever. Don't him lie to you or steal or kill or destroy any longer from you. This too shall pass. Because he has a plan. And the plan was that he would give himself as an offering so that he would see life come from it. And the life that he would see is our lives. Prospering, successful, above only, never beneath. Trusting him. An exchange happened when you received Christ. You have switched kingdoms. But listen to me. 
make sure you've also switched systems. We're not operating from this world system any longer. You used to operate that way. You need to find out what God's word says about this new system, about the kingdom. He's love. He is good. He doesn't reject you. He never pushes you away. Never, never, ever. He always draws you in. Always. It doesn't matter what you've done. He says, come. I know I feel to say this from the Lord. Somebody needs to forgive somebody. There's somebody in this room. You haven't seen the manifestation of what you've been asking God. I encourage you to go back and forgive that person that hurt you. Forgive those people that abused you. Forgive those that have let you down. Maybe it's a wife, a spouse, a child, an employer. But I tell you this, you do what God's word says. And you exchange that anger, hurt, shame, guilt, suffering. You exchange that for his love, his joy, acceptance. You exchange that anger for joy. You, ex you exchange it. Come on, make the switch. This journey with the Lord as a child, as a believer, is about finding out truth, believing it, and living it. Where's the switch made? Right here. This old mind sometimes wants to go places and be and remember things. Make the switch. And listen, once you find out, man, when, once you make that switch, it becomes so much easier to love others. It's become so much easier. It's freeing to forgive. Oh, but you don't know what they did to me. Then, then, then you stay there. You stay in that anger. For me, I don't, I don't. Life is too good to stay angry. Life is too good. Life is too awesome. It's too precious. He gave us life to enjoy. My God, enjoy your lives. Joey, enjoy your life, man. Brianna, enjoy your life. He's awesome. He loves you. Girl, you don't even know what God has for you. you this is the beginning of what God has. I'm so in love with him. I hope you're in love with him too. So in love with him. This exchange is for all. I'm going to end with this. He made investments in us. Now it's time for you to make investments in others. How can you, listen, when I have something good, you know, like when you have like something real good, you want to just share, well, some of you, some of you don't want to share, but you want to share with others. Matter of fact, Michelle, we were talking about your tiramisu yesterday because we went to Shadows on the Hudson for my son's engagement. And the guy was like, oh, this tiramisu is so light and fluffy. And, blah, 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 blah. and I was like, oh, yes. And I was like, oh, no, Michelle, she makes us lemon tiramisu. 
<laughs> so I thought about you. <laughs> and we were talking about you. And I was like, uh, you may want to hire her to make it tiramisu. Anyway, I share that because she made something so good and she shared with us. And then sharing with me, and now I always have that experience, so no other tiramisu measures up. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. When you have something so good, how can you keep it to yourself? Listen, we're on vacation, and we're, 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 we're thinking, you know, okay, we're going to relax and everything, and, and there's people still coming to us and drawing, and, and this is young girl that I know. She's not really y- that young, but and her brother had committed suicide the beginning, sometime in the beginning of this year. And I didn't know that she was going to be at this dinner that we were, and God just set up the whole thing, and Pastor and I was up to midnight ministering. Now, I'm going to tell you something. I could have said, I'll pray for you because I'm on vacation. See ya. Could have said that. But when you have something so good, you want to share it with others. And we ministered to her and we prayed with her and we answered questions and we gave her the word, not our opinion, we gave her the word of God. And by the end of the night, she was free. Free in her mindsets. Free. God, you're good, man. She was free. She sat there in pain and turmoil. God, why, why, why? With all the why answers. And we, talk, I don't, we don't know why, but I tell you this, it wasn't God's plan. But even in that, God will restore. And she's free. And out of everything in my vacation, as I remember that, that gives me the greatest joy. That someone else gets to hear the goodness, gets to experience right there in front of our eyes. And that hurts just drop. And her shoulders just relaxed. And that peace just manifested. And that joy sprung up. And that's the gospel that we have. There's rest in him. There's beauty in him. So let me leave you with this last scripture. Hebrews 2, 14 through 18. Because God's children are human beings, made of flesh and blood, the Son also came, became flesh and blood. For only as human beings uh, could, could he die, and only by dying could he break the power of the devil, who had the power of death. Only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. We also know that the son did not come to help angels. He came to help the descendants of Abraham, that's you and me. Therefore, it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. Then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of the people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we are being tested. He's our brother. We're brothers and sisters with Christ. He took it upon himself. Remember this. If you remember anything today, there was an exchange. You're no longer the same. There's an exchange.